If you are watching this on YouTube or listening to this podcast, wherever you are today, please hit that subscribe button, that follow button, so that you can stay current on the material that we are providing. But not only that, you then help us to spread the word to more people. You are vital in this mission to reaching our world of people just like you who are living in this nightmare. Welcome to the Covert Narcissism Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Swanson. Chameleons change colors according to their environment and their intentions. They change colors to hide from their prey so that they can sneak up on them. They change colors to hide from their predators so they can survive or so they can just relax in the sun and not worry about being seen. They change colors to attract mates. You know, a more dominant male will have the real bright colors where a more submissive male has the browns and the grays. A female changes her colors based on her answer to this approaching mate. So they use these different colors to control their environment. Well, what about when a person behaves this way? You see, this is how the covert narcissists behave. They are a chameleon. I'm Renee Swanson, your host of the Covert Narcissism Podcast. And thank you so much for joining me here today. So covert narcissists, they really truly value their image. And they use this image as a basis of manipulation on others. They rely heavily on this image for the different roles that they have in life, which we all have different roles in life, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. But they use these roles as a form of control and manipulation over others. I'll give you an example. You know, in my world, he saw himself as the perfect father. And that image that he had of the perfect father affected his interactions with his kids. So what did that image look like to him? Well, it was being, you know, in charge and in control and authoritative, being decisive, uh, being respected and worshipped and adored by the kids. And there's nothing wrong with being respected. I agree with this and I, and I support this. But their view can mean quite an extreme thing uh, about respect. And I'll, I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. It might be. Don't twitch while I talk to you. You know, you got to be perfectly still and, and hold those hands still and don't look away while I talk to you. Give me all of your attention. And it was so domineering over the child that the child instead feels small. They don't feel cared for and loved. They feel small. But he is upholding his image of being respected. I'll give you another example of the way they use, you know, their own image as a manipulation over others is in a group setting, the conversation, maybe it turns to real estate. And maybe they don't have any you know, knowledge and experience with real estate, but all of a sudden they become the real estate expert. They see themselves as the smartest person in the room, no matter what the topic is. So now they have to live up to that image and extend all of their great knowledge about real estate. You know, maybe it doesn't even have to be true or not. It doesn't matter. But they are now the authority on the topic. And there's no room for disagreement with their thoughts and opinions. So they create this image in their head of who they are. And they want others to believe in this image. 
that's where the chameleon comes in because they have different hats they have to wear, different masks they have to put on. They change their color to manipulate those around them into thinking certain things about them. If they're with their political friends, they are now the political expert, even though maybe they don't really care about politics, but that doesn't matter. They're giving their great viewpoints on what is wrong with the world and how it should be fixed because they are the political expert. If they're with their religious friends, now all of a sudden they're the most religious person around, quoting scripture and talking about things that are going on in their church, even though maybe they haven't been there in weeks or months. If they're with their coworkers who like golf, well, now all of a sudden they're an expert on golf, correcting their swing or critiquing their game, recommending better clubs, anything to show their great knowledge, even though maybe they've only played a few times. They have so many different faces for different people and different scenarios. Now, you might be thinking, isn't this just adaptability? Now, adaptability is a great thing. There's nothing wrong with it. We all do some of that. We have different roles to play in different parts of our life. You know, if I'm at work, I have a different role that I'm playing. So, yes, I'm going to adapt to the situation. If I'm a parent at a birthday party for my kid, I'm going to put on a different hat because I'm playing a different role there. But there's a difference here, okay? And, and that difference is the genuine, caring, and compassionate person isn't manipulating others. They're just fulfilling different roles for different scenarios. And we do this because different people have different needs or because we have different duties to fulfill. The same Genuine person wears different hats in various roles of life. But this is not true of the covert narcissist. While their mask may look different for different people, the underlying narcissism is still there. This is not, you know, the genuinely caring person fulfilling different roles. This is the defensive, self focused person putting on different masks for different people. They're showing different images that they want upheld. Images that they want believed about them, but it's the same entitlement, superiority, defensiveness, hypersensitivity, victim roles, all of this. Those covert narcissistic traits do not go away, just like your genuine compassion itself does not go away. Now, these masks, they serve a lot of different roles. Maybe they are hooking their prey, okay, you. They are hooking their prey, love bombing them until they are fully committed, completely committed in the relationship. Or maybe they're showing that mask to the world, convincing the world that they are a good person so that you have no one to turn to when you start finding or, or identifying the abuse going on. They're playing this role of good Samaritan in public. Showing their, their altruistic and generous self, but it doesn't match the mean and abrasive character that's going on at home. For covert narcissists, this chameleon role of putting on all these different masks, it's about exploitation. They want the upper hand. They want the position of authority, the position of superiority. They have a hidden agenda. So what are some signs of an exploitative relationship? When you think about signs that you're being exploited, what comes to mind? Do you know this word? Do you know what, how you would answer that? As I started researching this, I was blown away by the, the parallels to life with a covert narcissist. When you start looking at the signs of an exploitive relationship, it lines up perfectly 
with signs of a covert narcissistic relationship. Let's go through some of these. One sign is that the relationship of exploitation often, not always, often moves at lightning speed. You see, they come on very strong and very fast. They, they appear, you know, very caring and giving. This is that mask that we were talking about just a minute ago, appearing so generous and sensitive and caring, but they hook you so fast. The sooner that they can earn your trust, the sooner they can get on with their agenda. Now, again, this is not always true, but it is a very common trait of a covert narcissistic relationship. Another sign is dishonesty. Again, it's not always present, but it is often there with covert narcissists. It can be straight out pathological lies or maybe just manipulations of the truth. And that I'm going to say is almost always there with a covert narcissist. The truth gets manipulated and turned and twisted in whatever way they need to, to make themselves come out looking like the good person. They use this to control your image of them and anyone else who might be listening in. Now, other signs of an exploitive relationship. You don't feel good about yourself. And you may not even know why. You don't feel good about life. You don't feel good when you're together. You feel off or you feel like down and, and discouraged. Your time with them leaves you doubting yourself and doubting your self-worth and arguing with yourself in your head, you know, trying to validate to you who you are. And, and you walk away doing this but you may not even be able to put your finger on why. You know, your self-esteem takes a plunge. In these relationships, victims of, you know, exploitation, they're often at an all-time low in their self-esteem, but they don't know why, and so they think something is wrong with me. Something is wrong with, you know, what I need to work on. I need to get better at this, or I need to, and they go down that path of self-reflection going, what's wrong with me? When all along, it's not them that's the problem. Another sign of an exploitive relationship is a power imbalance. This does not feel like a team. When you are in a relationship with an exploitive, manipulative, narcissistic, toxic person, you do not have a teammate. They are in a position of authority or superiority over you. You give in to their will their thoughts, their feelings, their desires, their opinions, all of it. Why? Because it's not worth the price to hold on to your own thoughts and opinions. The price is too high to pay, so you give in. The power imbalance gets off. And they might even use threats and manipulations. Guilt manipulation is a big one. They turn everything back on you triggering your desire to be a kind and caring person saying things like, you know, let's say you have an evening planned with your friends and you're going to go out with your friends. And now all of a sudden they get all sad and down. And I can't believe you're going out with your friends and leaving me here all alone. And they trigger this guilt in you. And they'll ask, you know, do you really have to go making you the bad guy when you have to say, yes, I'm going. And now you feel bad for going or you feel obligated to stay and take care of them. This is a guilt manipulation and it's not okay. You see, and a non-exploitive person, they might want you to stay home. Like there's nothing wrong with that in a relationship and you go, boy, I really wish you were gonna be home tonight. We could watch a movie together. Like it's okay to voice that. But somebody who's not being manipulative, they might voice that and say, 
boy, I wish you really could stay home tonight, but I get it. You haven't seen these friends in a while. Go, have a good time. And they balance that with giving you the space to say, hey, I, I really do want to go with my friend. And they give you that. This is the give I talk about that's missing in a relationship with a covert narcissist. You see, the covert narcissist won't ever give you that. They will say, you know, I just, I wish you were staying here and, and I, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do with my time. I think I'm going to be lonely tonight. They don't ever give you that space of saying, hey, go have a good time with your friends. I really think you should. Now, when you return home after being with your friends, a non-exploitive person might say, oh man, I missed you tonight, but did you have a good time? And they show genuine care into the time you had with your friends. And you can feel the genuineness. You know what that feels like. You know the difference. A covert narcissist, a manipulative, exploitive person, they don't really care about how your time with your friends went. They care about your attention that you can now give back to them. So they might ask, did you have a good time? But they won't even listen to the answer. They've already moved everything back to being all about them. And now it's, you know, I, well, I missed you so much and you need to do this for me or, you know, you need to come snuggle with me or you need to go watch movie with me. Or you might even get, you know, well, I'm just going, I'm going to bed because I'm just too sad and depressed. And you might get that persona and they might even say to you, well, I at least hope that you had a good time tonight. Talk about manipulating your own guilt. Jealousy goes hand in hand with this. In fact, that's what's being voiced here. They are jealous of anyone that you spend time with, friends or family, doesn't matter. They will isolate you from your friends and family. They do not value or respect your time that you put into other people. Instead, there's a price to pay for spending time with your loved ones. And in this process, they isolate you. You become isolated from your friends and family because it's not worth the price. And so now here you are in this relationship that's uncomfortable, manipulative, toxic, abrasive. You're isolated from your friends and family until you feel like you have no one to turn to. You have no other support other than this partner who you may not realize has been manipulating you, but you now believe they are the only person you have for emotional support. You feel like you have no one to turn to. And I'm telling you now, yes, you do. That, that emotional support that you're looking for when you put your hope in this person who is exploiting you, okay, turn that hope back into yourself. Turn that hope back into those, those few people of friends and family that are there, they're around you. They just have to be found and reconnected with. Gaslighting is a sure sign of an exploitive relationship. And I've done multiple episodes on gaslighting, and if you miss these, please go back and listen to them. This topic alone can consume hours of discussion. According to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, I'm going to read to you the definition of gaslighting. It is pathological manipulation of a person, usually over an extended period of time, that causes the victim to question the validity of their own thoughts, perception of reality, or memories. And it typically leads to confusion, loss of confidence and self-esteem, uncertainty of one's emotional and mental stability, and a dependence on the perpetrator. That sums up everything that we are talking about. 
The exploitive nature of a covert narcissist is so damaging. And it's a behavior that puts them in this position of power over you to gain something from you. What is it they want? Okay, they want the relationship. They want the commitment. They want the social status. They want, you know, the marriage or they want money or they want sex, whatever it is they want. Okay, power is definitely included in that. Whatever it is they want, they get it from you. But it comes at such a high price. It comes at the price of your desires, your dreams, your interests, your soul. It comes at the price of you. Now, you might be asking, how in the world did I get here? How did I end up in this position? It sounds so bad. And it is. It's horrible. How you ended up there and what you can do to get out of it is where we are headed in the very next episode. I'm going to explore that topic right there of these behaviors that trapped you and now how you can turn this in a direction of healing and in a direction of hope. I can't wait to talk to you next week. Hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss these episodes. It puts it right there for you in your notifications. And not only does it help you then, but as these numbers go up, it helps us to better be able to reach our world. This world out there of so many people that are hurting just like you. So be a part of our team in helping our world. I look forward to talking to you next week, and I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing. You have been listening to the Covert Narcissism Podcast with your host, Renee Swanson. Be sure to check out our website at www.covertnarcissism.com. There you will find many resources just for you to help you on this journey. You can also reach out to me by email at Renee, R-E-N-E-E, at cnglifecoaching.com. Those letters are C-N-G as in Covert Narcissism Group. I do look forward to hearing from you. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing. The information provided by Renee Swanson and the Covert Narcissism Podcast is for educational purposes only and is not to be used for diagnosis purposes and not intended to be a substitute for clinical care. Please consult a healthcare provider for guidance specific to your case. This material discusses narcissism in general. It does not claim that any specific person has narcissism and should not be used to refer to any specific person as having narcissism. Permission is not granted to link to or repost this material to support an allegation or a claim that any specific person is a narcissist. That would be an unauthorized misuse of the material and information provided.